Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. I hope you're having a great day today. I hope you've been doing those three things that I often challenge you to do. You say, what is that? Pray, read your Bible, and witness. Do those three things every day, and that'll keep you strong in the faith and keep you walking in lockstep with the Savior. You do those things that please God, and you'll be blessed indeed. I found out most people want to be blessed. In fact, I think if we were to survey even the world outside the church, just survey people in general, and say, would you like to be blessed? They'd all say, well, yeah, of course, bro. I want to be, bro. I'd love to be blessed, but here it is. Obedience is the segue to being blessed. The blessings of God are found on the pathway of obeying God. Most people want to be blessed, but not many people are willing to live blessable. Now, God is good to us in spite of our failures. I understand that, but what are we missing? What aren't we experiencing from God because we aren't obeying him. You do right. You follow the Lord the best you know how. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Let him direct your paths. And you watch how good God gets in your life. The blessings begin to roll. It's like Billy Kelly, the old evangelist who's in heaven, used to say about the uh, the uh, lady singing, count your blessings, name them one by one. But she figured out she was so blessed she had to count them ton by ton. And that's how it'll be in your life, I believe it. We're in 1 Corinthians, and we've been here now for eight and a half chapters, and probably we'll wrap up chapter number eight today. And if you've missed any of these Bible studies, you can catch them all via our podcast. Our podcast is found wherever you find your other podcasts. Just type us in, Striving for Revival, hit subscribe, and then you'll have instant and free access to all of these past Bible studies that we've done. Uh, You'll find it. It's all archived there. The good thing about the podcast, it enables you to catch up, re-listen, or pause and listen to the rest at another time, it fits in your schedule. Sometimes, probably, if you're like we are, your schedule during the week gets kind of turned upside down, and you can't maybe make it to the radio dial or stream us live whenever you usually do. But here's how we got you covered, the podcast. So catch uh, catch us there and uh, subscribe to it, and that'll help you stay on the same page with me as we study our Bibles together. There's something about being faithful, repetition, daily. I mean, a habit, and you don't want to get out of the habit of studying through the Scripture if you're doing that along with this broadcast. Now, let's look at verse number 9, where we'll pick up our reading. Well, let's begin verse number 8. We talked about verse number 8 a little bit last Bible study, but we'll go back. Paul is dealing with, in this chapter, not a long chapter, just 13 short verses. The previous chapter was 40 verses. In this chapter, Paul is dealing with this issue of eating meat that's been offered unto an idol. The Corinthian church is a church full of issues, but that's because it was a church full of people. And say, well, our church, I tell you, i got to find a new church. This one's got too many problems. If there are people in the building, there's going to be problems. And everywhere you go, you'll find them. And by the way, you'll bring some of them with you everywhere that you go. In this chapter, he's having to deal with that. Is it okay to eat meat that's been offered unto an idol? Now, we understand an idol's nothing. It's just a block of wood or a heap of stone. It doesn't mean a thing. And uh, it won't kill you. It won't poison you to eat it. But 
the principle here is, though it might be sanitary, it might be safe, it might be a cheaper option, and as it would have been in the Corinthians' day to buy that meat after it had been offered into an idol, might have helped their pocketbook, it's going to cause a lot of damage and could cause a lot of harm to the cause of Christ and your personal testimony. So just because something is right doesn't mean that it's right for you. And just because something is legal doesn't mean it's right for you. And just because something is advantageous does not mean it's right for you. And just because something might save you money does not mean that it's right for you. Because as a Christian, we don't just concern ourselves with our bank account or our pocketbooks or our belly or our uh, comfort or anything like that. No, what do we do? We concern ourselves with with God, with Christ, with the gospel, with the cause of Christ, with the church, and we want to worry about the testimony of those, uh, our testimony to those around us. There's a lost and dying world that needs to hear the gospel. And if your life has some sort of a wrinkle in it, some sort of a marring in it, they might not listen to you as you share the message with them. So we have to consider the world around us. And this is where we're talking about the importance of a personal testimony. More than just what you say with your mouth, it's what you live with your life. Verse number 8 says, But meat commendeth us not to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, neither if we eat not are we the worse. And he's just saying what I just said. It really it doesn't mean anything uh, to you personally. You can eat it, you can take it or leave it, whatever. But, in verse number 9, Take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Now, he's saying you've got liberty to make your own decision, but you've got to understand that your decision has a domino effect. And here's Christian maturity. Christian maturity is not self-centered. It is others-focused. And so here's what he said. You stop a minute. You consider it. You take heed. Now, you can save some money, and you can eat that meat offer unto an idol, but will it be a stumbling block to a weaker brother? And you and I who've been saved a little while and know some Bible and have been serving the Lord need to consider some things. Maybe you're comfortable with some things, and maybe you can handle some things, and maybe you can uh, involve yourself in some things, and they're not wrong, they're not sin. But a weaker Christian that sees you involved in those things is really going to struggle. And they're not going to be able to temper it, and they're not going to be able to handle it the way that you handle it, and it might lead them to fall. It might lead them to stumble because they are weak. It's so important, you and I as parents, you have children in your house, you better live the Christian life at home that you preach in public. And by the way, there might be some things you could do in your house that aren't necessarily wrong, and, and they wouldn't necessarily hurt your relationship with your Savior, but it might be a hindrance to your child. It might be a, a stumbling block in their pathway. Same thing's true with your spouse. Maybe you have a spouse who's just a new convert or a baby Christian, and you've been saved a long time. And but you got to be careful. Don't do these things. You say, "Well, there's nothing wrong. I got liberty." Yeah, you got liberty, but that liberty is giving you freedom to obey the Lord, not freedom to fulfill the desires and wants of your life. No, I, I've been set free to serve the Lord. I want to serve Him. I desire to serve Him. I want to please Him in all that I do. And yes, I fall short. And yes, I don't always do. Do that, but I have that desire. So I got to use my liberty. I got to use my liberty as a uh, as a billboard for how good God is, and not a stumbling block. It ought not be something like a trip fall placed in somebody else's pathway. So I need to be careful. No man lives to himself, and no man dies to himself. Verse ten: For if any man see these which has knowledge sit at meat in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? 
You see, he's saying you sit there in that temple and eat that meat offered to idols because it saves you some money and it's a good cut of meat and it's not going to send you to hell for eating it. He said, but that weaker brother sees you, he's going to get involved in that and he might get sucked back into idol worship. He's not strong enough in his faith. Verse 11, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. He said, is it really worth it for you to have your way and dress the way you want, listen to what you want and do what you want and act how you want if it's going to lead a weaker brother down a pathway to his own peril? Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it to exalt yourself that far uh, above the, the care of others that it would cause them to fall and stumble? Verse 12, but when you sin so against the brethren, so there he labels it, that's a sin. To use your liberty in that fashion, how, to, to play fast and loose with liberty is a sin. To use liberty and make it a stumbling block for another Christian is sin. For you to use your liberty and then post it on your social media and brag about it at the table and flaunt it before the world, it is sin if it causes others to stumble. You say, well, it's, it's up to them. No, you're in that position as a stronger brother. You sin against Christ, it says. Verse 13, wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, here's the key, I will eat no flesh. While the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Well, there's nothing wrong with that piece of meat. That meat is sanctified by the Word of God and by prayer. We understand we could pray over it, and it's perfectly fine. Yeah, but there's a weaker brother. And if that weaker brother would be offended at me eating that meat offered unto an idol, then I would go so far and say, I won't eat any more meat as long as I live. If it meant that it would help him grow in grace, or if it meant he would fall and stumble, then I would choose what would make him grow over indulging to satisfy my want and cause him to stumble. You say, well, I, I, that's hard, hard living. That's mature Christianity. Mature Christianity is not self on the top of the list and then God and then others. It is God on the top of the list. It is Christ at the top of the list. It is others, and it's all about advancing the cause of Christ. I don't want to use my liberty to cause somebody else to stumble. Until next time, pray for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.